It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20 piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. Back Judge Podcast. Back with the boys, Lee Murray and Tommy Murray. Just some some nice little preseason uh, discussion going to happen today. There is... This, you know, it's almost like a weird dark time for the Backstretch podcast. We did our division previews. We're just kind of sitting here twiddling our thumbs, waiting for the season to start. Uh, but h- how are you guys doing? Doing well, man. Yeah, it's, it's always great to, do, uh, to be back for our musings. You know, this is at least the second year in a row that we're having a preseason musings episode. And we, we like to stick to a schedule here on the BJP. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of segments today. We have uh, another trivia. We're going to have another trivia for you. We're going to have a, a second division revision for Lee Murray. We're going to bring back Baller, Faller, Holler. Uh, you decide whether Holler is H-O-L-L-E-R or H-A-U-L-E-R. It's just whatever your heart desires for it to be. Um, and we're also going to have a little prophecy drop. At least I have a prophecy. Not sure if uh, you boys have any other prophecies that, that you have. But I got one in the tank that uh, I'm, I'm just kind of ready to, to get off my chest. But uh, I listened to the last week's episode, and I... I really enjoyed the way that the trivia segment came out. I thought it was a great little addition to the show. And in the interest of improving our analytics for people who stay on longer, I thought we'd just, just start with the trivia, a nice engaging oh, wow. Let's uh, do piece it. from the start, if you, if you guys are with me. I'm ready. All right, so the first, first trivia player. This quarterback led the league in completions and passing yards in 2009. 2009? Um, Favre? Nope. Kurt, Kurt Warner? Nope. Move on to the second one. This player is still in the NFL, but they haven't been considered a full-time starter since 2012. Matt Schaub? Yes. Wow. Lee Murray. Was- uh, all right, second one here. Lee's up 1-0 to zero for those keeping score at home. Uh, this Fresno State wide receiver was a third-round pick of the Bears in 2004. I didn't hear the first part of that. You kind of you got a little... Uh, this Fresno State receiver okay. was a third-round pick of the Bears in 2004. Fresno State receiver, 04 Bears. Wow. That's like... I, I'm probably going to kick myself, but that, that's hard, man. It's a hard one. Second, second hint. Super Bowl XLI was the last game he ever played with, the Bears. Then he signed a deal in free agency to play for a different NFC North team. Was this team the Minnesota Vikings? It was. He wore the number 80 with the Bears and number 87 with the Vikings. Dude. Oh, Lord. Jeez. 
Brain Blast, Jimmy Neutron, man. I need it. I need to remember those are the, the roster. Those are the three hints. So if you if you guys give up, that's that's gonna be it. Mushi Muhammad. Nope. No. It's too old. Forget it, man. I, I'm I'm stumped. I'm officially stumped on this question. Earl Bennett? No. Nope. Earl Bennett's too young, right? I think he went to Vandy too. Yeah, I'm stumped too. Bernard Barian. Wow. I know. Wow, that's a good trivia. I never would have got that's that. That's a great trivia, and I and I should have gotten that based on on the fact that I've been playing Madden '08 and Madden '09 recently, and that's embarrassing. I had no idea. I thought Bernard Berrien was like a SEC guy, though. I had no idea he went to Fresno, but I guess that yep. makes sense. Well, I win. Well, I know there's one more. Oh, never mind. Yeah, one more. Yeah, we're, bud. We're at, we're at, I, I created three this time to avoid the tie, and it looks like we might run right back into it. We might. <laughs> All right, last one. This Virginia Tech product was a second-round pick of the Chiefs in 2008. Oh, oh man, I should know that. They, they grabbed Dorsey in the first round. Who was their second-round pick, man? Classic 08 draft trivia. He, he finished his career with 21 interceptions. Oh, man. I should know this. Last hint, he played his last three seasons in the NFL as a member of the San Diego Chargers. Oh, Brandon Flowers, baby. Give me that. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. Tie, baby. It's ridiculous, man. It took you to the third thing to get it. Well, as soon as I heard Chargers, I knew it was my man Flowers. Took you to the third one to get Deuce McAllister, Lee. Yeah, Lee. Or no, it didn't. I think it was two. I don't know. It was, two. It was definitely two, man. It might have been two. I'm too sick to wait for the third one. Brandon Flowers. Whatever, we tied. Might be the most tie, un- underrated corner of, of our generation, I think. Brandon Flowers is a baller. Dude. Come on. All right. Well, the, the, good trivia round, boys. Joe Wejack, hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, I wonder what your score was. Joe knew all the answers after the first After the first. Oh, I'm day. sure. I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into some division revision here. So last week, uh, I revised my AFC North to put the Browns in second ahead of the Ravens. I still have the Steelers in first. still have the Bengals in last. But now Lee is is looking to make the opposite switch. Uh, what's going on in your brain there, Lee? Um. Well, first I want to start off by saying that I have always kind of liked the Baltimore Ravens, and the thing that has really stopped me from considering them as a anything more than what I've referred to them as like a wild card, which is a team that I I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if they win. 9 to 11 games, but I'm not going to predict to win that many games because I, I like two other teams in the division more, and that was because of Lamar Jackson. And I kind of noticed that I wasn't really giving the Ravens the uh, a fair chance because of my short sightings of Lamar Jackson. And this goes into the baller, faller, holler section a little bit. I'm going to give you guys a little teaser. My baller is Lamar Jackson, just from what I saw from him in the preseason. I obviously know he's a great athlete, but he kind of just reminded me that if he can work in this system 
and deliver the ball where it needs to be, maybe not every single time, but at a competent enough level, he can do the rest with his athleticism and his in his God-given gifts. And it just kind of made me peer back at the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I like their draft, and I think that just similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe not with the personalities on their team, but they trimmed a lot off their team, and they're definitely coming into this year with kind of a new culture and a new outlook, I guess. Um, a lot of their veterans are gone, and a lot of the, the better players on their team were gone, but we've spoke about it a lot. This, te- this is a team that's drafted very well the past few years, but it hasn't really shown. We've agreed that they've drafted well. We've liked a lot of players they've drafted. Not and now Hurst. it's really time for those players. It's not Hayden Hurst, exactly. But I'm more talking on the defensive side of the football with guys like Wormley and, and, and Judon and even, of course, Marlon Humphrey. And then you bring in Earl Thomas on the defensive side of the ball and then Mark Ingram on, on the offside, offensive side of the ball of the offseason. And then I love Marquise Brown. I think once he gets healthy, he's going to be making plays for them. And I just kind of was just looking at this team in a different light. And that teamed with the fact that I was uh, I had a dentist appointment the other day, and there was a, there was a copy of G- Gentleman's Quarterly on the on the desk next to me, and it was the Odell Beckham edition of Gentleman's Quarterly, and I was just reading through the interview. I'm not going to say this is the reason why I don't like the Browns as much, but it's definitely part of it. Like, George, Gentleman's Quarterly interviews don't result in wins, and all I'm hearing from the Browns this offseason is. Odell's GQ interview where he's talking about the, Bryant, the, 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 the Giants sent him to die to Cleveland. Baker's coming out, and I obviously know that the media misconstrued what Baker said. But he's in the GQ interview talking about Daniel Jones. I, I'm just tired of it. I, I'm, ti- I, I'm, I'm being anti, I guess let's say. And I'm going against the grain because I do recognize that this team has talent. But I'm just not on, on this in this position where I'm warranting them wins with just, I just think too many things need to go right for them. And they have a first year head coach. I just think the, the Ravens are going to end up being a better coach team. I think they're going to turn the ball over less and make less mistakes. And I just think ultimately they're going to be a team that rallies a little bit more. Um, and I think that there's way more, uh, there's way more of a chance for, for organizational disarray in Cleveland. And I haven't been necessarily granting that as much because I just think that, Cleveland's a very boomer bust team this year. I think that it's either going to work really well or it's not going to work well at all and it's going to explode in front of their face. And I'm just in a position now where I, I'm looking at this division and I like the Ravens at home against the Browns. I like the Steelers at home against the Browns. And I don't necessarily know if I like the Browns at home against the Ravens and I like the Browns at home against the Steelers. And, um, you know, it's kind of a tough thing to explain because it is pretty close. And I do, you know, I do recognize that the Browns maybe have more talent on their roster than any team in this division. Um, and I do love Baker Mayfield. I always have. But I just think that this is a Ravens team that's really going to rally and play physical, similar to how I feel about the Steelers, man. I just think this is going to be a really well-coached unit that I've not really been giving enough credit. And I want to say, again, with the, with the Saints preview that I had, I think Mark Ingram's a great player. I think he's going to be a great uh, first option at running back for the Ravens. I think the the uh, that uh, Greg Roman is going to be able to do a lot with his offense in his first year as the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, and I and I ultimately I'm going to have to eat my words a little bit and say I think Lamar Jackson may be a little bit better than I've been giving him credit for, and I think this is going to be the year that he might prove that. Um, I still think that accuracy is a definite issue, but I think that he doesn't necessarily need. 
I guess similar to Cam Newton in a way where he doesn't necessarily need that high octane consistent accuracy because he's going to make so many plays with his just God-given gifts and his intuition on the field and his improvisational skill that's just going to lead this team to, or, or lead this team to make defensive coordinators pull their hair out on third down conversions or on, on plays that are extremely just rally plays um, where, he, where he really gets the, the sideline going or he gets his offense going because he's just an electric guy. And this is a more electric team than I've been giving him credit for. And I think the defense is led by Earl Thomas. Really, with even, even losing Mosley and Weddle and Terrell Suggs, I mean, I still think this defense could, you can make an argument that they've improved just because of the rotational guys that they have. And I'm, I'm looking for John Harbaugh to kind of prove himself as the, as the coach that everyone knows he can be um, and that Super Bowl coach. So, well, and to your point about them drafting well, I mean, this is really where we're going to, you know, they're going to have to prove. I mean, Tim Williams is a guy that we all liked uh, during our, that draft process. And now that Zadarius Smith is out of the building and you're going to have Klepp's boy, Matt Judon, who has shown flashes of being a really good football player uh, in his, in, you know, in his NFL tenure up to this point, it's going to be on guys like Tim Williams and, you know, the guy they drafted, uh, Jalen Ferguson out of Louisiana Jalen Tech Ferguson, yeah. this year to really get after it. Because they, they lost some people on the edge with uh, Smith and, and, Terry, and Terrell Suggs going out. And just to, to your point, Lee, about Lamar Jackson – and his, uh, I, he doesn't really need to throw the ball deep that much. I think a lot of the guys yeah. that they got, Hurst. I mean, obviously Mark Andrews. We sh- he showed it a lot last year. I'm hoping that Hayden Hurst will have a little bit of. Uh, a I think they've part. got a great offensive line too, man. I want to say that like bookending, they got Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown, who I love. Yeah, they cut. And then Alex Lewis they and cut, Nanda. They cut Alex Lewis, so uh, they obviously okay. They obviously trust their guard depth uh, in order for them to make yeah. that move. But well, basically all of that I'm saying, and I can let Klepp get in here for uh, really quick, but I definitely see the upside in this in this Ravens team, and I don't think that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to have to be the precise passer that other quarterbacks have to be in the NFL for them to be successful. So I see some of the upside, but still it's not enough for me to put them over the Browns or the Steelers. That's just all I'll say. Yeah, I, I said my piece last week. I think I just believe in Baker a little bit more as a pocket passer, and I'm not, I don't know if Lamar is there yet. Also, I think Lamar is a huge injury risk also. Um, so, well, Clep, I, they do have Trace McSorley, who has been yeah. who has been nails in the preseason. So come on. No, nah, we don't. We don't need to talk about that. Trace McSorley is awful. <laughs> He's gonna play safety for them. All right. And then, uh, why why is Lamar an injury risk for you, Clep? He, he takes a lot of hits, man. He takes a lot of unnecessary hits, and he runs a lot. So I'm just saying, if he's gonna be running the ball 10, 15 times a game, um, and his his rookie year, even going back to the preseason last year, he was struggling to stay down and in the preseason he's hurtling dudes like i i'm just i'm just saying that i don't totally trust him to keep himself healthy well and with his his slight build too i mean it's just it doesn't matter how durable you are that's just that's bound to fail you if you keep uh having the same play style that he does um yeah but i i just wanted to make that swap i also want to shout out i'm i'm a, I'm a shout out justice hill clep I oh. I think is gonna come. I think he's gonna come in and be a, a nice weapon for them as a second or third option, even out of the backfield, I, just I, catching passes and being an athlete, making people miss. If I can piggyback off that, Lee, I think Justice Hill has a chance. I'm not gonna say I think he could take carries away from Mark Ingram towards the middle of the season and really be their number one receiving threat out of the backfield by the time Week Eight pulls. Around. I hope. I hope. He, I hope Ingram gets somebody to to take the load off his shoulders. But I think that the between Ingram, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. They will be fine at running back, is my point. And I think they've got great bookends to their offensive line. I love Mark Andrews as a tight end. 
I think Marquise, Marquise Brown's the most explosive receiver out of the draft this year. I think Willie Sneed brings a good veteran presence. I think Lamar Jackson's electric. Maybe his accuracy isn't fully there, and I think the defense is going to be very well coached and he's going to rally really well. And also, shout out Connor Ryan. Uh, Miles Boykin has been looking really good in the yep. uh, in the preseason and in training camp. I mean, the guy's 6'4", 220, runs a 4'4", I mean, he's a guy that I, I think Marquise Brown is still has not been playing, if I believe. Uh, so I think he's still dealing. He just he just practiced, I think, for okay. the first time. He's still dealing with that lingering foot issue. So, But anyway. With, with Justice Hill, I did want to – just, just say he is an elite uh, receiver, so I don't, I don't want to take that away from him. With my evaluation with Justice Hill was that I don't think, I don't think he's a very good passer protector. He's not going to be able to run between the tackles, and he gets taken down by ankle biters a lot um, in the open field. He does have, uh, you know, good home run ability, but I think he. It's a good, perfect fit uh, yeah, for I Baltimore, know, so I think man. If you know they use him in the way that. Um, in a way that makes him successful, they don't ask him to do too much. I think he can definitely. I don't think he'll be an impact player, maybe to the point that you're saying he's going to take carries away from from Mark Ingram, Tommy. But I, I, I don't. I think don't, that I, don't I, I don't want to say that you know he's some sort of scrub or anything, but I just think he's pretty limited in what he can do. So if the Ravens just keep his you know plate pretty small, don't ask him to bite off more than he can chew, then uh, I think he can definitely be a positive note for the offense going forward. Um, Lee, did you also want to add uh, the Lions into your division revision segment here? Uh, slightly. It was more of not even necessarily a division revision. I'm sticking the line. I'm keeping the Lions stuck there in that two spot. Uh, I just wanted to kind of pull back the reins a little bit on, obviously, when you get a little bit of that Downingtown product in you and you're doing the Lions review, you, you, you get excited. There are, and, and, you know, I'm a human being, like, I just, I'm ex- this is a team, I'm not going to take back the fact that I'm excited about this team this year. I'm very excited about this team, but I will admit that maybe I short-sighted some concerns that are bigger concerns than I gave them credit for, and I just want to make it clear that a, a good amount of things have to go right in order for this excitement to be anything more than just preseason excitement. And I, I, I didn't want to make it sound like I was just beady-eyed, hopeful, and just like in love with this team. I think that they have a lot to prove this year and that a lot, of, a lot of asses are on the line this year and a lot of jobs are on the line this year. And that's a big deal. And yeah, if everything goes right, our preview will sound really good in hindsight. But I think maybe everything won't go right and they can still rally. But I don't know, man. I just wanted to kind of pull back the reins and maybe maybe switch my, my prediction from, from 9 or 10 wins to 8 or 9 wins. That's, that's all I'm doing is just taking a step back and saying, I don't think the Lions are going to win the division. I still think they can compete for a wild card spot. And, and you're not, uh, you're not backing of, away from the 6.5 over? Not at all. No, I think that 6.5 over is a good bet. I really do. I, and if I could just add something to the Lions too, because I obviously – see them as the fourth horse in this in this uh, NFC North race. I really do think the first seven weeks of their season will make or break the season. If they are going into that Giants game 1-6 or 0-7, you know, obviously I think that spells bad for Patricia and that's not a good thing. But if they have, uh, if they're over 500 going into that. If they're 0-7 going into the Giants game. Well, their schedule is front-loaded, buddy. And you are, and you just think that they're going to beat the Chiefs. They're going to beat. You're the literally, Eagles. you're, you're literally saying if they're zero and seven, then, then it's going to be bad news for Patricia going into the Giants. Yeah, and I think that's realistic. And you guys don't, so yeah. that's why I'm bringing it up, just to be the, 
the the anti Lions guy of the podcast. They have a a horrendous opening schedule. I think it's incredibly tough for at least for the me to see out of the Cardinals. We'll see. We'll see. That's the game that they they have to win that game. They really do. If they lose to the Cardinals, it's going to be like the last year all over again when they lose to the Jets. It's, no, it's not. All right. Two two and two bye week. That's all I ask for. Two and two by the bye week. I don't care how you get the wins. What are their What are their three games after the bye week? They have Minnesota, Green Bay, and what's the game before that? Packer. They play the Packers off the bye in Lambeau, um, and then they play. Let me check. Minnesota at home, and then they play the Giants at home. Okay, so the four games. So th- those are the three. So it goes Cardinals, Chargers, Eagles, Chiefs, and then the bye. Yep. Then at Packers, home to the Vikings, home to the Giants, at the Raiders. Yeah, that's well. That's what I'm saying. I think once you get to that, I mean, obviously the Packers and the Vikings are no gimme, but I think the Lions are fully capable. That's why I'm saying two they and need two, to be, two and two in the bye, split Packers and Vikings. You're three and three, and you got the Giants and Oakland on the slate. Yeah, and I think that needs to be what they that that needs to be what happens because if they and you clearly you clearly don't think it's very possible. I for one do. I do think that they can win two win two games before the bye week. You're scoffing at it like it's like the Chargers, Eagles, and Chiefs are just going to dummy them, and there's going to be no chance that they have to win. Like I think they can win two of their first four games, and I think they can split the division. Therefore, I think they can get a, earn a wild card spot this year. You're talking about them being 0-7 by the time they play the Giants, which I think well, is just plain teams I think that I think just are hate. all better than them. So that's why I said they're 0-7. So okay, that's I, that's you know I mean that that's where the, that's where the conversation ends. You clearly think this is the Lions team or is a bottom bottom four team in the league. So yeah, there there's where the answer lies. Yeah, you've made that clear on this podcast. I think we can move forward without you talking about how they're going to be 0-7. By the time they play the Giants. Tommy, what's your what's your Cardinals record prediction? Well, I kind of wanted to touch on the Cardinals because I kind of I want to I want to bring back my reins from them being a, a potential playoff team to uh, a team that I think was is going to be a tough out. But I really you know now that Robert Alford is out and you're dealing with the Patrick Peterson suspension to open up the season, uh, I Clep, you brought it up in our preview. This team definitely has a depth issue, and I think that uh, you know. I don't, I don't think that this team is – I think this is going to be a building year, and I think this is a year for Kyler to really show us what he has in the system, but I don't think that they have enough right now to compete with San Francisco, Seattle, and L.A. Do you so think they have more wins than the Lions? I need to look at both of their schedules, but off top, off yes. Top. Yes, I do. All right. When you're ready to pull the trigger after you look through their little schedules over there, uh, let me know. No, I'll and pull I'll, the trigger. I'll pull the trigger right. right now. We can put it in the prophecy book. Lions more wins than the Cardinals. Yeah. Second year on the Cardinals uh, being being better than another. Are you you <laughs> going to join me here, Lions? Lions are my Seattle. Yeah, right. I'll join you. Um, and then another, I just wanted to bump down the Raiders to fourth. Um, and I wanted to, to catapult the Broncos to the three spot. That's another slight division. Whoa, one. I want to hear yeah. the explanation on that because because I was I this was is, saying that the hard knocks Tommy. This is hard knocks. This is the hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> I just G- not, give, give us the explanation. Well, I just think there's I I just think the 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 Broncos have always offered a higher ceiling, and I don't see this uh or a higher floor, and I don't see the Raiders hitting that. It, it came down to them being more of the of the boom to the bust to the Broncos. And I just think the Broncos are just going to be a little bit more steady Eddie than the Raiders this year. And, and you know, 
I think Flacco is, you know, I don't know. I just, they, they got their defense. I think Bradley Chubb and Von Miller uh, could be the best edge tandem in the NFL by the, by the year's end. And, uh, you know, I just think that they offer a, a very, a, a higher floor. That's kind of what it comes down to. And, you know, would I be shocked if Oakland is a three seed and, and Denver's a four seed? Not really, but if we're talking about real predictions, I, I got to go with Denver over Oakland. Fair enough. Uh, can we move into the baller follow holler preseason musings segment here? Let's let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'll start it off just because I already teased mine. Uh huh. So I'm just gonna go ahead and, and reiterate that Lamar Jackson was my baller. Uh, specifically, obviously the the play that got called back where he he uh, juked that linebacker out of his shoes and hurdled the dude in, for the touchdown. Um, obviously, a, a good bit of eye candy there. Fun to watch as a football fan. But also just his ability kind of to sit in there and make a couple throws. I, I just think that – I think he's going through a point in his career right now where he's starting to understand the type of player he is and, and what he needs to do in this league to succeed. And I think he's got a great group of coaches around him. So I just wanted to give him my baller right there. It's kind of a holler right there. I'm just shouting him out. But uh, he, he was my baller of the week. For the holler, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and bring it back to the Motor City, Jalen Reeves-Maben, um, a guy who's probably fighting for starting reps currently – uh, backup outside backer right now, second-year guy out of Tennessee, guy who Klepp and I had really high hopes for, looks a little bit bulkier and really was just sticking his nose in, in a lot of plays, man. Just kind of made made me notice him watching that second preseason game against the Houston Texans. It would be big if he can, um, really yeah, big if he can stick on the field for those um, you know, more running-based downs because he's going to be a huge asset – or sorry, he's going to be a huge asset in coverage if he can be on the field. You know, yes. he almost reminds me. He's a, he's a great. Yeah, athlete. he almost reminds me of kind of the conundrum Jim Bob Cooter couldn't figure out last year between guys like Legarrette Blunt and Theo Riddick, where it's like you know you have a guy like Christian Jones who's more of the the, the thumper, and then you have a guy like Jalen Reeves Maben who's kind of a coverage guy, but you can't you have to guess mm-hmm. which plays to play him on, and the defense is keying in on these dudes to you know oh if he's in on third and if Reeves Maben's in on third and four let's just run it up the gut you know. And obviously some of that might change this year with having the improved defensive line, but if Reeves Maven can be versatile on both of those, you know, running downs and not being not afraid to stick his nose in there a little. It's not like, you know, he doesn't have to kill anyone. He doesn't have to have a hit stick. He's just got to be, you know, mm-hmm. apt to, to run in the A and B gap a little bit and, and, and thump around. So, and again, he's an athlete. He can play decently in coverage. So that would be big for him if he could kind of carve out a little role. Yeah, it was just really. I just had. I genuinely enjoyed watching him in that preseason game, and I was and I was liking what I was seeing. And I thought, you know what? I really hope this guy is uh, fighting fighting to get reps this year because I really would like to see him develop into, into the player we thought he could be. And then for for my faller, yeah, anyone who listens to this podcast could probably guess it. Drew Locke, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, falling now, gonna keep falling. All he's gonna do is fall his whole career because he is not fit. To be a starting NFL quarterback, he never will be fit to be a starting NFL quarterback, and I've seen enough already um, in the preseason. They're calling him raw. They've changed the description of him to raw now. It's 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 over for Locke. He's got the thumb injury. I just bad pick by Denver. If if this preseason hasn't proved that to them, then I don't know what will. Well, Fair at enough. least the Lions took to buy over Locke, right? Can... Um. Is it is it my turn? Only because the Broncos traded in front of them. Exactly, exactly. It's the uh, the silver lining of the Dubai pick. Go ahead, Tommy. Um, 
Yeah, sure. I'll I'll do a split. I'll do a split ballers, and it's two uh, NFC North, NFC East running backs. So I think look really great. The first one is Miles Sanders, who right now is behind Jordan Howard on the depth chart. But I think this dude is just too talented to stay there uh, for for too long. And I just I really liked what he did in that game against Jacksonville. He showed a little bit about it, of of his explosiveness and and showed him why we kind of saw him as a little bit of a, a Saquon light in the uh, tre- pre-draft process. And then my other one. Club's going to love to hear this. Tony Pollard, over against the Rams. I, I really see, when Zeke comes in, because I expect Zeke to be there, I really see Tony Pollard being the, the rookie year Alvin Kamara to Zeke's Mark Ingram. I think this guy is going to be a great change of pace back. He can do a lot of stuff out of the backfield in the, in the passing game and can run between the tackles. So I, I think two of the, those two NFC East running backs are in for big years, and uh, they're my two ballers. My holler is going to be Jacoby. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I think Tony Pollard. We got to turn this Alvin. into a video podcast so we can see uh, Lee's reactions whenever Tommy unleashes the tape. I think Tony, you're you're, you're, you're compared. That's Zeke is too. He's more versatile than Mark Ingram. He's not I'm like not comparing bruiser, Zeke to Mark Ingram. I'm comparing Tony Pollard to Alvin Kamara. That's just as ridiculous. I think. All right. Okay, man. All right. All right. You can you can Alvin you can Kamara tell these discussions the may have happened in the NFL. <laughs> Alvin Kamara is arguably the best running back in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, I'm comparing him to. And you're saying Tony Alvin Pollard Kamara. is like Alvin Kamara? Yes, I see similarities in their game. I see similarities in the game between Alvin Kamara and Tony Pollard. Sue me, crucify okay. me. My holler is going. My holler is going to be Jacoby Myers from NC State, who uh, really, really, when I was looking at Kelvin Harmon and Ryan Finley throughout the draft process, Jacoby Myers was a guy who's made a lot of plays, and he came into. Uh, Patriots camp as an undrafted free agent and has just been balling in training camp and in the preseason games and looks like to be a lock for that 53-man roster and looks to be next in the iteration of Patriots player Patriots draft picks who just work you know they 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 find find players everywhere and my father, quarterback in college was he a quarterback really yeah I also read something so out of out of camp that they literally had to take him out of practice because Brady was throwing it to him every time and they they wanted Brady to throw it to other people. Yeah, and he's really kind of taken the hype from Nikhil Harry, which I think is going to be a very interesting storyline to follow uh, going into the season. Uh, any comments on that, Lee or Adam? Any heinous overreactions on my part? Well, you're not comparing him to friggin' Julio, so no. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. My, uh, my follower is going to be Dante Pettis, and this is a guy that I had a lot of high expectations for coming into this year and to really – Take that 49ers, uh, you know, first receiver job by the by the neck and run with it. And he's a guy who I think has struggled a little bit throughout the preseason and training camp. And right now, there's word that he's not a lock for a starting job. And guys like Debo Samuel and even Jalen Hurd are kind of outperforming him. Yeah. So, so I think that's a very interesting storyline to follow. And I think this dude has all the talent in the world to be at the very least a very good wide receiver too in the NFL. So I just hope that he kind of grabs this opportunity by. Uh, by the us and runs with it because I'm very high on the 49ers and part of that is with their young receiving core that I see a lot of potential in. Uh, so I'll go into my three here. So uh, my baller is going to be Chase Winovich, another Patriot. He was a guy who I don't know if you got I, I at least liked him more than Rashawn Gary just because of the produ- production over you know potential. Uh, and he so far through two preseason games, he's absolutely wrecked both games when he's been in. Uh, especially the Titans one, he was—I can't remember who the tackle was—but he was blowing up the second-team tackle for the Titans over and over again. Uh, he's a cat who, if maybe Derek Rivers has a nice little breakout year this year, they could 
already have just replaced Trey Flowers immediately with a with a third-round pick. I mean, Winovich was a guy who I was trying to mock to the Lions at the uh, beginning of the second round. So uh, I think that he's been everything that you could have asked for uh, already with the Patriots. Obviously, hasn't really gone up against a top-tier tackle, but we know that at least, you know, backup guys can't really handle him yet. Um, he's, so he's my baller. My my hauler, is, it's kind of a little – off topic, I guess, or just kind of uh, far out there, but it's uh, Anderson Abdullah, defensive lineman for the Bears. I've been keying in. I've had to watch both Bears games, and uh, this man, he comes into the third and fourth quarter. He's he's just kind of a mauler, and he's just a high-motor effort player. Uh, I guarantee you, you won't hear an Anderson Abdullah shout-out on any other podcast, but he, he's the yep. type of guy when he's, he's the opposite uh, end He's he and the and the run goes away from him. He's making the making the tackle at, on a seven yard run. You know he's he's always pursuing the ball, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think he'll make the roster. There's a lot of talent along that Bears defensive line, but just a, a high effort player, and he's he's even made a few tackles for losses. So I, I really like uh, what I've seen from Anderson Abdullah so far. Also, a lot of interesting Bears depth players on defense. You got Duke Shelley, Clifton Duck. Um, there's a linebacker. I think it's, his name is. Justin Vaughn or something like that. I can't quite remember, but he had a, a he stripped and recovered a fumble from Daniel Jones. So the Bears have some some. Unfortunately, I don't like to see it, but they have some really some really good uh, defensive depth for sure. And my my follower is going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I think some of the shine is is kind of off him uh, at the moment, and I feel you know I don't want to try and overreact to what was kind of just a poor performance uh, in that second preseason game, but. I don't. I mean, I think the thing that people aren't paying enough attention to, and it's the issue that you saw with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, is that there's a very good chance that with his offense, the defense is going to be on the field for 38 minutes plus a game, and if you, and the Arizona Cardinals defense is not good at all. So I think you kind of have an issue of an offense that may not be able to control the ball. They're still trying to work out kinks with the clapping. So at this point, it's like if you're trying to figure out your snap counts and how you're going to do that, it's not good for heading into the third week of the preseason. Uh, I think Kyler might be a little more raw than, than we're maybe giving him credit for. I think it's a little bit different going from Big 12 lines where they're playing patty cake at the snap of the ball to the NFL where, I mean, teams are just going to be bits, blitzing the crap out of Kyler Murray. That's how you're going to stop him because the offensive line is not very good. He's kind of, you know, he's shorter in stature and he's going to be looking to run first. They're just going to send dudes after him. And I don't know if Cliff or Kyler are really quite ready for that at this moment. So uh, I, I'm not, you know, selling totally on the Cliff Kingsbury experience yet. I just think that there's a lot of things that people aren't thinking about or at least weren't thinking about when he got hired there. And even a very small part of me is kind of hoping that this experiment that NFL teams are taking post McVay with guys like LaFleur, guys like Kingsbury, uh, guys like Zach Taylor, there's a part of me that's kind of hoping that it fails because I don't want the NFL to turn into the Big 12. Um, I love defensive football. Like, I hated the Rams-Chiefs uh, game last year that everyone thinks was a classic, and I loved the Super Bowl because it was 13-3. to um, So I, I really kind of miss that style of football, and I don't like seeing teams that throw the ball 65% of the time. So – that, that's just kind of where my head is at with, with Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not obviously selling, but I think um, we're kind of starting to see some of the flaws and, you know, reasons why it was a more questionable hire, like we were even saying from the beginning. Yeah. Clip, I, I agree with almost everything you said there, and I think that was a great dissertation, man. Thank you. Yeah, I do too. Um, I do, and that was kind of part of my, you know, moving the Cardinals down a little bit. I will say, though, that 
we still haven't. I mean, what was that? That game against the Raiders, Kyler, Kyler played two drives, right? Or, you know, maybe it was one. I don't know. Uh, so there's no, still. Three, I think. Three? Okay. Well, there's still a lot of football. They just happen really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely even more than just like Mike Glennon just like toasting their defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it definitely is alarming. And as you brought up and I brought up earlier, this, this team definitely does not have a, a lot of depth. Depth is something that they, they certainly lack. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I completely agree with you that teams are going to attack Kyler. They're going to be a lot of zero blitzes. They're going to be sending a lot of pressure at him. Uh, and we're going to, you know, he's going to be thrown into the fire. I personally think that he is going to I, – I think he can do a lot of the check down stuff and, you know, make extra time behind a, a bad offensive line. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that, you know, metagame plays out. I also want to just add, if I were a, uh, a Cardinals fan, and I kind of, I'm a Kyler fan, so I, I'm glad that that happened. Yeah. I'm glad that he kind of got brought down to earth mm-hmm. a little bit with just like getting rattled and like making mistakes and the clap count being off. Because I'd rather have it week two of the preseason than just have a glamorous preseason where you're completing like 70% of your passes. And then you get to the regular season and you start to see different looks and that's when everything starts to erupt. So I just think that, I think that this might be less of a signal of, uh, you know, just like utter dis- disruption and failure than it is just like them kind of working through the kinks of their of their somewhat complex offense um, in the preseason. And I, I guess that's yet to be seen. It's just very interesting. This is a lot of fodder just because the Lions play the Cardinals week one. So it's interesting just kind of getting that perspective in and, and maybe our opinions will be completely different or completely justified and- um, uh, come week one. And how vanilla is Cliff Kingsbury making this offense for the preseason? You know, like how how much is he quote unquote hiding? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's Kyler said that after that they're not trying to show a lot of stuff, whatever you know if that's true or not. Um, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what Week One looks like for sure. I I also think Tommy that just kind of goes for everyone too. Like almost yeah, every team in the NFL is hiding a lot, so it's not like they're ahead of the game or they're you know doing anything that crazy or, or out of the out of the out of the ordinary. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that was that was a great section of baller for all holler. We'll probably bring it back one more time, just because of uh, at least preseason edition, just because week three is coming up and a lot of guys will be playing. Uh, it, we'll get a, kind of our first real taste of NFL football this coming weekend. But to wrap up the show here, I have a little prophecy dump that I'd like to do. I got two prophecies here. I'm not sure if you guys have anything, but as always, you guys are welcome to join me in in these prophecy adventures. So the first one that I'm going to drop here is. Something I've been mulling over a lot, and it was a thing I talked about in the AFC West preview, that even though I think the Chargers have a good roster, that you know I'm kind of out on them ever being a team that could appear in a Super Bowl, appear in an AFC Championship game. I just don't think that – I think a lot of factors go into it. Um, the coaching, um, Phillip Rivers isn't exactly a guy that I don't – I'm not sure if he's a quarterback that can quite get over that postseason hump. I also think – you play 16, basically 16 road games a year. Um, that's not a, a great recipe to success in the NFL. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going to prophesize no, no playoffs for the Chargers. Uh, the Derwin James wow. injury scares me a lot. They've got a lot of issues on their offensive line. Russell Okung hasn't even practiced yet, and their depth isn't that great there either. So uh, no playoffs for the Chargers. Wow. I'm gonna dissent. I'm gonna dissent. You're both. You're both dissenting. You're not even. You're not even just letting it be. You're both gonna just dissent on it. 
I'm going All to right. dissent. Yeah, I like where your head is at because I understand, you know, with the coaching and with maybe Rivers not being able to go over the hump. I just think this this is a team with top three talent in the NFL on their roster. And I think there's too many young pieces on the defense and that are going to get it together this year. And Phillip Rivers is too much of a vet with great receivers around him. And, you know, with the, they got a sour taste in their mouth after last year. I just think this is a team that I, I think their floor is is nine wins. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dissent on, on that. Yeah, I, I will too for the same. That's Connor game. Ryan's Super Bowl oh, pick, by the way. Really? It is? <laughs> yeah. Chargers, yeah. does he have an NFC pick yet or no? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I know. I'm going to dissent too. Uh, yeah, I just think this team arguably has the best roster in the NFL despite losing. I mean, Derwin, I think, is supposed to be back in October. So No, he's out for three to four months, they, dude. Three to four months? Yes. So, so December, more like. Yeah, or playoffs like Hunter Henry. Wow. He'll be back in December. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that is definitely a little bit more of a cat. Who's their starting uh, safety now? Is, is it Adrian Phillips? Is it Adderley, right? Maybe Adderley well, Adder- doesn't put Adderley in. Who's Adderley and who else? Because, I mean, Adderley's not as much of – Derwin James is just so versatile. He's basically an edge rusher, a linebacker, and a safety all in one. So I don't know how they're going to, you know, what, how, what their plan is to replace the production that he's going to give you on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it'll be it'll, it might be Desmond King. I could see them plugging Desmond King back there. Yeah. I don't know though. Yeah. Well, he's like, and then who's going to play nickel? Because isn't Desmond their nickel? I mean, I mean, it's an interesting problem to kind of uh, you know game for. But yeah. I still think that that's a little too uh, rich for them missing the playoffs. So yeah. Fair enough. And second one, no no AFC Championship game for the Patriots. Wow. Who's your AFC Championship? I don't know. Chiefs, Steelers, Colts, Steelers. Yeah, I, I'm not going to dissent that. I'm not going to dissent that, but I'm not signing on. I just gonna, think that that's... I'm going to dissent it, man. I'm dissenting. I'm dissenting. Why not? This team is just, you know, Byron Cowart came in and, and just bulldozed Roger Saffold. This team loses talent every year, and they just re- replenish it, just like you were talking about with Winovich. Uh, like I talked about with Jacoby Myers, I mean, this team just, they just do it right every year. And I don't think the AFC is, is up to par yet for them to, to miss an AFC championship. So I'll, I'll dissent it. I'll give a nice I might be, dissent. I might be hopping, hopping on that dissent sometime in the future or hopping on the train. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of a Colts Patriots AFC championship, but I think if the Patriots meet the Colts or the Steelers or the Chiefs, uh, you know, before the AFC Championship, you know, could be could be could mean trouble. I mean, re- reading you know, between knows? the lines uh, for that prophecy for myself, I like the Patriots this year to win the NFC East, obviously, but I, I don't think they'll be uh, one. I don't think they'll get a bye in the first round. So that's that's, oh, wow. that's kind of okay. why I'm sticking to that. I think if they, if, I mean, if they get the first round bye, it's going to be hard for me not to put them in the AFC Championship game when we like pick that in the playoff pro- uh, podcast because you get that week off in a home game. It's just Almost like they're guaranteed to win it, but when's the last time Brady didn't get that? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's 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 some ridiculous thing where it's like if they make that buy, then they just like make it to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and if they make the Super Bowl this year, I think they'd tie the Bills for the most consecutive Super Bowl. They'd be their fourth consecutive Super Bowl. You know, which is just crazy that they're in that this is the second part of their dynasty. They've had two dynasties. 
I got a prophecy. This one's this one's a this is a home run hitter too. No playoffs for either team in the NFC Championship last year. Ooh. So that's the Rams and the Saints will not be in the playoffs Ooh. this year. Wow. Did you already say Saints no playoffs in the prophecy? Did I? I, I know I did, I did Rams under 10 yeah, wins. I don't think, okay, yeah, that'll be that's a new one for you. Rams and the Saints will both not make the playoffs. That's a heavy-duty double-decker prophecy. I, the odds in Vegas on that of both, if you parlayed both of them not being in the playoffs, it would have to be what? Like plus At least, 950? Yeah, I was going to say. Plus 1,200? Maybe even more. So hop on, boys. I'm, the NFC is going to be the NFC is going to be I'm de- I'm dissenting just because of my Saints fandom this year that I, I kind of have to because I got them in the Super Bowl. The NFC so is that jungle. Easier. It's that jungle it is, this year. It is a jungle. Um, all that, all that. Who's the king of the jungle, Tommy? Who's the king of the jungle? I'd say a lion be the king of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna add the prophecy train. And I'm gonna say David Montgomery wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Um, he's plus a thousand or eleven hundred on on Bavada for that. So I would I would take that to the bank. And I just think he's gonna be the bell cow of this offense this year. I saw that they're trying to limit Tariq Cohen's uh, overall touches in general. Obviously they brought in Mike Davis, who I think is a nice depth running back. But I just think Montgomery, man, the skill set he offers, he really can do everything. I think, and you know. I, I do have some trepidation but, but uh, of the fact that at Iowa State, he was such a bell cow, and I think there might be a little little tread on those tires, but I just love this guy's game, and uh, you know, he was my RB2 behind J- Josh Jacobs, and I think he's in a better situation, so I really like him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. It would, it would be big for us for some of these prophecies to hit, because it was a little tough last year, to be honest. It'll, we had a bit of a rough record. Derrick Henry, baby. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're we're, we're, we we're putting we it out there. We don't shoot out a lot of even. We don't shoot out a lot of even. No, prophecies. we don't. Like a lot of our prophecies are pretty. They're pretty. Uh, the odds are are stacked against yeah. us. Um, you know, I could sit here and prophesy that the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, and you know, yeah, and get some points, whatever. Yeah. Get get some brownie points. I ain't here for the brownie points though. Alrighty. Um. Any any last notes from you boys? I'm a. I don't know. I, I wanna. I, I need to figure out what my prophecy on the Browns is gonna be. Because I think there's gonna be some type of thing. I think something's gonna happen. Like week four or five, it'll be like Odell will throw his helmet. He'll throw his helmet before before they're by or something. Or like, like that. some Odell sort of like someone yells at Freddie Kitchens, like, yeah. Yeah. Or there's like a sideline altercation where someone needs to be held mm-hmm. back. That's the specific. <laughs> Someone's holding someone back. <laughs> That's kind of where my head's at. So I'll figure that out before uh, before the season. And uh, on the last podcast, Lee, on the outro, you you let stay scheme and run a little bit, and I appreciate that. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta <laughs> let it ride. Isn't I, I finished listening to it, listen and to I was it. just walking along to two minutes of instrumental stay scheme, and I was really <laughs> enjoying it. You you let that listener decide when they want to when they want to bop out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys.
boys. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, that dy- the BJP Dynasty League, uh, fully healthy. We'd we love oh, yeah. to see it. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely Man, be having some uh, Dynasty, uh, at least some you know just intro discussion uh, on, the, yeah, on the Dynasty absolutely. at least uh, going into this podcast season. Lee, hit clap in the audience with your Gondo prophecy at, at pick 10. Oh, I got a Gondo prophecy. Alec Gondomatoro is going to take Mahomes with the 10th pick. <laughs> that's, that's my Gondo prophecy. He's going to be like, wait, so it's a dynasty league? So you draft, so you can just draft Mahomes. <laughs> that's going to be... <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time, that's for sure. Uh, thank you all for listening. We uh, appreciate your listens. And uh, also, I guess, hey, back to Survivor League. If, you, if there's any listeners out there that, that want to join our, our Survivor mm-hmm. League, just, I don't know, talk, email us somehow, get, get, get a hold of us. Our contact information is on thebackjudge.com. Any of our international yep. listeners, uh, just more than welcome to hop in. We, we love our Survivor Picks of the Week. We, we go, for, for those of us who didn't listen last year, we go Survivor Picks uh, until we are all out, and then we go to Risky Survivor. So, you know. Yeah. If you if you beat us in Survivor, you get a free you get a Say free uh, guest. You get a free guest guest guest, uh, guest promotion on the podcast. Yeah. Or or, or a, uh, let's see, you can pick between the the Say Less T-shirt or the um, False Prophet Peter Schiff shirt. Yep. <laughs> or is it Karl Marx? <laughs> Karl, Karl Marx. Karl Marx. False prophet Karl Marx. <laughs>